Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice Box. Old Boy. And this week, um, Old Boy brought us a topic to discuss. Uh, originally, I thought that it really didn't have very much to do with the premise of the show, which was, I mean, obviously, for those of you who have been listening for a while, we talk about raising children. Uh, we also do the city of Nashville, and then a, a cu- couple, you know, every once in a while, we'll do a pop culture episode. Right. Um, so this week, he wanted to bring us the topic of masculinity. And my initial thought was, what does this have to do with raising children or the city of Nashville? This talks about, you know, being a man. Right. And after doing research on this particular topic, I have completely done a 180 and completely understand now exactly what this has to do with this show. And I'm really excited about this episode because I think over the holidays, we kind of brought you some things that were a little, you know, lighthearted, so to speak. Christmassy. Uh, Christmassy. We did, you know, New Year's resolutions. We did uh, one on our second, you know, follow up to tinfoil hat time, which was our conspiracies episode. But now we really want to get back into something uh, deep, and I'm actually excited about this week. Yeah, I'm going to call this episode "Cry Like a Man." Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think I think since time immemorial, man has been represented as like the breadwinner, the provider, the hunter gatherer, the head of the family, the one who wears the pants, right? But I think here recently, in the past couple of decades, uh, the recognition of women in the workforce um, has caused the roles of traditional family dynamics to change. So we're we're seeing a, a big shift. I think it's more present today than than ever. Absolutely. Back in the day, you had a lot of stay at home moms, or I think women have always been in the workforce. But I think it's just the they're they're being uh, acknowledged, and they're now in better positions and leadership positions. And they're uh, weren't it, they? They were heavily in the workforce in what was it World World War Two? Right. Can, I never say the word world. <laughs> World War Two. World War Two. Yeah. Where you know the posters of the women with the arms yeah, up, and they kind of took over the workforce while the men were, were, fighting. were fighting. Yeah. You know, I think they've always been part of the workforce in some capacity. It's just uh, right now, more than ever, it's it's better than ever for women um, in the workforce. You got more women CEOs and they're in, you know, you have women senators and, and the glass, the glass ceiling, so to speak, is starting to become shattered. Right. Right. So in society, you have that. So it also changes the role at at home. So you don't have, uh, you don't, women are are in the workforce and, and have serious good jobs. And so what happens at home is they, there can't be the traditional, you know, stay at home mom. Sure. So it, it changes, uh, it changes what happens at home too. So men, men's roles are changing and that's what I want to discuss. Kind of, kind of what, what does it mean to you guys? What is, what is masculinity today? What is it traditionally? Cause I feel like growing up, my idea of what a man was is very different from what I, what I believe a man is now. Okay. So, you know, I think in the past, I don't know if, if for, in modern history, I think a man is that stoic, you know, show no emotion, um, you know, doesn't cry and doesn't spend a lot of time like rearing children either. Like right. it was, that was, that was just left up to women. So 
if if a kid has problems or you know homework and just everyday life the dad's just kind of like yeah go talk to your mom about that yeah or the dad would just be in charge of doing specific uh, like tasks or something like that like your dad taught you how to ride a bike or your dad taught you how to throw a baseball or your dad taught you how to do these you know just these functions yeah yeah so i mean quote unquote masculine activities right and that that can be completely uh seen in speaking of christmas movies a christmas story where Ralphie's dad, you yeah. know, he plays that exact stereotypical 1950s dad role. Right. Yeah. You know, you are fearful when he comes home because mom is going to tell dad. Exactly. When dad gets home, he sits on the chair and reads the paper, watches TV. Dad goes to the basement to fix things, and he yells when he's fixing things. And you're just supposed to ignore that. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's probably down there just drinking. <laughs> Could be. You don't know, but I mean, I completely agree with you. There was, you know, the idea of being, you know, masculine uh, in today's time is obviously completely different. And we've all been shaped by different childhoods. And I think that's exactly where it starts is, you know, when you were a kid, I don't know, I, I saw something earlier today about aggression and having aggression because like you say, boys don't cry. You know, mm-hmm. boys are taught to ball up their emotions right. and all of that comes out into aggression. So I, I went down the path of is, is aggression natural or is it taught or, you know, it, I think everything starts with your upbringing and how, you know, you were treated as a kid, how you viewed your father um, sure. fa- or father figure in your life and how that affected how you act, I guess, today or have acted throughout time. You know, now that we're all fathers, we obviously have a different, you know, perspective on things and we have to look at things a little bit differently. But we were also affected when we were in college, you know, and when we were approaching girls or when, you know, when we were put in certain situations. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, that father figure in your life clearly shapes, you know, your idea and, and the man you become. Yeah, so the aggression part of it, yeah, I think outlets, I think outlets are, you need an outlet. So when you, yeah, you suppress emotion, it's going to come out in some other way, right? Yeah. So that's that's probably a, a good indication of where aggression comes from. Sure. I think it's probably natural. The more you suppress things or... It's just, it's going to come out in a, in a different way. And we've covered like, you know, the stereotypical uh, masculinity traits. We've also, we've already covered don't cry, but it's also, uh, you, you're not supposed to have empathy. You know, you're supposed to have strength and retaliation, which, sure. you know, um, physical strength. You're, you're yeah. supposed to be tough. You're supposed to, you don't express any emotions openly unless it's anger. And that is allowed because you are a man. Yeah, it's supported. Yeah, you're right. At this point, we kind of are, you know, once you have a child, you've got to be self-conscious to try to stay away from that. (laughs) Because, I mean, I get it. You know, my dad was mad, but I was also raised by a single mother. And I saw my dad every other weekend. So, you know, she really had to play both of those roles. And I think I was raised in a certain way where, sure, emotions are okay, um, but you don't get out of line or, you know, you still need to uphold a certain idea of being a boy and a man sure and i think it's just because that's how she was taught you know so yeah of course yeah it is it is absolutely crazy you know the the change that we've gone through i saw something earlier also that said that we are the first generation that of men who are being held accountable 
And that's a big freaking deal. Sure. Well, and I think one thing that helps on that too is there's been a general shift, like we said, in the feelings of what masculinity is or what, you know, what is toxic masculinity with this neck, with our generation and the kids even younger than this. Because one thing I was reading earlier, it was, um, it was some NPR article. I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, I'm great at citing facts. <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all are. Yeah. Welcome but, to Raising Nashville. But it was um, a teacher that had done this study over 25 years, or maybe maybe it was a professor, but he was asking kids like how many of them had a friend of like you know like opposite sex friend or whatever you know sure. like yeah. And 25 years ago it was 10 percent, and then like nowadays it's like. Every, almost every single person says that they have a friend of the opposite sex or whatever. So just that is yeah. that's just become more common, which is kind of like um, you know going against one of these ideas of masculinity that was like you can't be friends with women because you're just trying to have sex have with sex. women yeah. like that. You know that that was the mentality of like generations before us. And that's man, I, I hate to bring this out like bring this out on this podcast, but uh, it's very personal to me because. The reason my parents were divorced when I was about two years old is because my mom had a friend at work who would call the house and my dad would answer and it just snowballed. And he didn't understand that that could actually happen, you know, sure. just because, I mean, obviously that's, you know, 1981 and we're just coming out of, you know, the, I don't want to say the golden age of the man, but I but mean, sure, you're that's how he was raised by his parents, you know, yeah. which were in their thirties and the fifties. I'm, I'm interested in the friendship thing. I think that's, I hadn't even really thought about that. I mean, I like that and I'm friends with girls and I have been since I was a little yeah. kid. Um, yeah, even same. in high school, it's like I had this girl um, named Sarah Beth and she was a friend and I, I never, Beth. you remember, yeah, I, yeah. I never saw her as like attraction or as, you know, anything else. She was right. just, a natural friend like any of my guy friends were. But with her, I could open up a little bit more because obviously when you're a kid, you can't share emotions with other boys. Yeah. Um, that's just a thing that you don't do. Otherwise bullying comes into play or, you know, they, they start making fun of you sure. or, you know, you're just not as masculine as them. So you're not going to get picked to play football with them. Or, Gives them ammunition for sure. Yeah, it or absolutely did. does. Yeah. Um, and that is something that we as men now, I think the way society is trending is we need to um, change that. I mean, yeah. it, it, and it's going to change. It's just going to take time. Yeah. I think we're in the midst of it changing. I think it's already, it's already happening. I think uh, the, the acceptance of showing emotion is already very present in today's masculinity. I mean, there's definitely a shift, you know, there, there's been studies that like I brought up earlier, like that there is definitely a shift in the mentality. And like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's coming from roles being, you know, changed somewhat. Like, like you said, um, more females, mm -hmm. more moms in the, in like full-time jobs, uh, more dads staying at home. Like it's just, it's a slow shift, you know, and there's always going to be like, I feel like anytime we make any progress in this country on anything, there's like the immediate jerk back. Oh, sure. And then we start to, you know, go forward a little bit more again. But yeah, I, I, I wondered because I'm, I'm pretty good and in touch with like my emotions and myself. And I've, I've wondered though, if it were, if it were because I have a daughter and if I, I wondered if I had a son, if I would treat him differently and I don't know. 
Um, I would like to think I wouldn't, but um, I, I wonder if I'm because I've had a girl. I'm very like you know. Yeah. The, the thing is, we're not out of the woods yet, so you would treat him differently, probably. So when you think about it, what influenced you more? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of parental influence in your life, and you have to be a parent and influence your children. So what do you want them to see at this point? How do you want them to see you? Because I can honestly say that I was watching the movie Noel, which we've talked about on previous podcasts. How many times have you seen it? Now? I've seen it four. Four uh, times? Yeah. <laughs> now we're in the new year. I'm done. I'll wait till next year. But I, I, I saw Noel four times. It didn't get great reviews on this podcast, uh, at least from Old Boy. But <laughs> there is a time in that movie uh, that Juicebox brought up. It, it was about sign language. And there is a tear. I'm sitting in my chair, my easy chair, and my wife's on the couch, and a tear kind of comes down my eye. And she looks over, I turn my head, and then I do one of those, like, you know, kind of wipe it away without her seeing so she doesn't know that that's happening. Mm-hmm. That is the definition to me of masculinity. It is, I don't want her to see this, although maybe if she did see it, we would connect a little better. Uh, okay. Maybe she yeah. understands what triggers me or what, you know, brings out emotions in me, but I still don't, as a 37 year old you know, married man of five years, I still don't want my wife to see that. And that is fucking crazy. Yeah. No, I I feel you. I'm kind of, you know, there's other, there's certain situations where I don't care if Dana sees me cry, but there's, yeah, definitely if something from a movie gets me or something, sometimes I just feel kind of cheesy about that too. Like, I don't know why. Sure. But they, they, it's the music, I think. They cue that fucking music up, and it yeah. made it's like, dude, it's uh, the tears should start coming. Uh, like Com- composers I'm, should just get Oscars like right. by the dozens. I don't, I don't care if my wife sees me, but I care if my daughter sees me. Like I've taken her to movies, and like I'm, I'm sitting there crying like a baby, and she's just like, like la la la. And I'm, and I'm, like, I'm like, oh god, I, I, I gotta look away. But so that, I, and, and I get it, though. It directly goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is suppressing feelings uh, to be masculine or to be a man, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, you know, I started to do this. Uh, I started to put things together, and by suppressing feelings, you're balling it all up, and then you explode. And the crazy thing is, that there's statistics out there that, and I'm sure you guys saw this, but men are 3.5 or almost 4 percent more likely than women to commit suicide. Um, or times, not percent, sorry, times, four times more likely to commit suicide. So uh, I saw something that said 800,000 people committed suicide last year, and 600,000 of them, according to that statistic, were men. Um, And I think that is because we were taught to ball up these emotions and never show them, and then you just reach the end of the line. And that is very heavy, and Hmm. it's something that – needs to be changed and if you know if if that's you i I don't know talk to anybody i'm not trying to say that we're trying to suggest anything on this podcast i'm not trying to do anything um proactive to people at this point but i just want to say that that is a crazy statistic so yeah that is pretty nuts man and it's part of masculinity i also did some other things that said uh uh, we're 80 percent more likely to get heart disease and 50 percent more likely to get cancer um that same thing is because you're suppressing emotions and those things seriously affect the internal balance of your body. No doubt. Stress. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. Yeah, Stress is a killer, man. The silent killer and salt. Oh man. But salt is so good. (laughs) I love it. Salt's great. 
I had some earlier. So, well, that's that's interesting because I'd, I'd, I'd written down, uh, I was going to ask you guys when the last time you guys cried. And uh, I actually keep a cry journal. So I'm like, I, I, and I swear to God. Do I'm, you really? I swear to God. So I, I go and I write down, like if something really struck me and I get like, and I cry, I go and I write it down in this little journal. And I'm just like, all right, I cried today about this. And it's the like, movie you know, Noel. Some fucking <laughs> commercial. Yeah, Noel. Yeah, Noel or, you know. This Dove commercial just really moved Dude, me or something. Publix commercials, Publix commercials around the holidays, man. They they are like doing the They are ripping at your heartstrings. I think right. all commercials around the holidays. Yeah, but I don't I don't know, man. Something about Publix, Publix commercials. They they kill you. Or over the last like four years, Budweiser commercials on the Super Bowl with the little dog and the horses and like leaving people out of the gate and shit like that. Yeah, I think the Budweiser commercials have have made me cry four straight years. Hmm. I wonder. I don't even I, remember what those commercials were. I wonder if I cry more now that I have a kid. I, I don't know, but I bet I do. I bet I bet I'm more emotional now that I have a kid because, like, anything with kids is like on another level for yeah. me, right? So I, when I see things with kids, movies with kids, and something's going on in their life, I'm like, you know, uh, I watched a Christmas Carol recently, and it's like, you know, Tiny Tim. I'm all of a oh, sudden yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, Tiny Tim, dude, oh, wow. right? You know, so you cried like, for Tiny Tim? No, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, he was a Muppet in this okay. one, so I, okay. I, I wasn't there. But. I, I watched that one, too. Man, that's still pretty heavy. When he, I mean, they got his little chair sitting off to the side, the cane next to it. If you don't feel <laughs> something there, you're dead on the inside. It really, it really was kind of sad. I but aren't all Christmas it. movies made to make some kind of emotion at the end? I mean, I cried a, a little bit at the end of Scrooged, and that's not supposed to be a cryable movie. Oh. But when his assistant and their kids, like, I, I don't he he starts talking. He can't talk the whole movie. Like yeah. he's a mute and he talks. Man, come on! Yeah. Like I think everyone has that heartwarming moment. That's true. What's that black and white one you like so much? It's a wonderful it's life. A wonderful life. Yeah, right. I yeah. I cry like six times during this wonderful life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're right. So yeah, I think I think you are onto something with becoming maybe just more in touch, showing your emotion more, becoming more in touch with your emotions after having a kid. I feel yeah. like that's that's been the case for me. I don't know when this uh, that the no cry no emotion trait came about because I've read that men in the past like in, in I, I want to say ancient times but it was a sign of strength it was a sign of 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 good leaders impassioned leaders that would cry um, in men so like they would give these big war speeches and they would just like break down and it be very emotional about things and it was uh it was a sign of a good leader as a sign of a good man well how come that didn't continue through no time clue. no idea yeah that's what i'm saying i don't know where this trait came from that where hmm. you suppress emotions and all that because i think uh i think we could we could use some of that so yeah do you think it hmm. i mean is this is a worldwide thing, right? This isn't just an America thing. Man, I was going to get into the... I meant to get more into the worldwide because, you know, every culture has their own ideas of yeah, what a man is, too. That's what I... Yeah, that's what I'm just starting to realize, like, how much different it could be in other countries or whatever. Because I feel like here, what what do you think? Like, maybe the Wild West or something was when masculinity maybe started to uh, be a big thing? That could be it. That's a good... Yeah, that's a good John topic. Wayne was very masculine. Yeah. Yeah, just I don't mean, he ever cried. But I guess it was the, the age of television because now we're starting to see other people, um, you know, and their lives and what they portray on TV is what we're supposed to portray at home. Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been television. I mean, but 
obviously it's, it's got to go back, you know, way before that you provide for your family. That is a man, you yeah. know, and it's, that goes back all the way to the first men. It's got, yeah. So it's probably way older than. Yeah. You take, that. take care of your family, man. That's, that's a number one, I think on the masculinity checkbox. And it's still a struggle. It's still, it was something that I honestly, I dated a girl for a very long time, and I never asked her to marry me because I wasn't in the position, uh, one, she was the wrong person, but two, I wasn't in the position to provide at that time, correct? Like, I was a lot younger. I, you know, maybe was just out of college and, you know, didn't have all that much money and didn't have a completely, like, this is the the stereotypical job for what my age was, and I, di- I couldn't buy a house and I couldn't do these things, and so that weighed heavily on the delay uh, of when it happened. Now, it couldn't have been better timing because true colors were shown. But what I'm saying is now that is all out the window to me because my wife makes more money than I do. She has a better title than I do. She is way smarter than I am. And And that to me, I love that. I want her yeah. to work because she wants to work and she loves what she does. Right. Oh, yeah. And back then it was like, I'm so worried about providing. And now, um, you know, we often discussed if I would stay home with the kids and if I would oh. be like that, I mean, I'd go stir crazy and it would have cabin fever. Like Whoa. no one has ever seen, but I, that is a possibility, you know, because I have married someone who is way better than I am. <laughs> You did. You married up. Congratulations, I mean, by yeah. the way. So that that's a step when Juicebox talks about, you know, taking steps. That is a step forward. Sure. Now, uh, with that being said, I still have like traditional masculinity traits that reside in me. And right. it, it takes generations to get over something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk very personal on this podcast. My dad was a homophobic until, you know, his daughter um, came out and it took him time. Like I'm talking sure. decades time to get over this. And now he is completely accepting and understands. So I think these traits of, from masculinity, it's going to take generations, but I think we're going in the right direction. Yeah. I, and I, I think uh, things like, you know, me too, just open up your, it puts it under a magnifying glass. It does, but it makes you read more into it. It makes you think about what you're doing, and uh, which has never been in the past. Because, like I said earlier, you know we're the first generation to be held accountable. Before right. this, it was just a submissive culture, you're, and you're right. That shit is insane to think about. It, it really kind of is. I mean, you know, to think what men got away with, and they because women were too afraid to speak up. Mm-hmm. Well, and they were just being protected by other men, also. Like, right. You know. Yeah. It would, yeah. Whatever a woman would say would be debunked. Work, yeah, or yeah. work against them actually. So, one more thing I wanted to definitely talk about today is um, other than ma- <laughs> this is going to be stupid. Masculinity yeah. means being macho, and there's a wrestler named Macho Man. And he was the definition of masculinity. That's a good point. We I, could probably cut that out because I have no idea why I brought that up. I wrote it down. I have no ooh, seg yeah. into it or no seg out of it. Which, yeah, that's ooh. a good point, man. That's just like something that we grew up with. Like that was one of our personal heroes as a kid. And 
a guy named Macho Man. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> he was Macho. No, what I wanted to talk about, and it necessarily doesn't go back to crying, but it goes back to emotions and sharing emotions with other men. And I think that's a step moving forward is I'm going to ask you guys candidly, and I'm going to ask the listenership out there, like, if you are a male out there, when is the last time you went out with one of your friends and discussed something other than things like sports or things that you're both into or concerts? When is the last time you actually got on some kind of an emotional level with somebody who you consider a close friend? Um, because I found that like I think it was like 76% of men over the age of 35 can identify a best friend. They, when you ask them if they have a best friend, they don't. And a lot of that, you know, goes back to the fact that you're not emotionally attached to certain friends. You share similar interests. You talk about sports. You talk about, you know, I don't know, cars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So that's, I mean, I can't, to be honest with you, there's been a handful of times when I've shared something like deeply emotional with somebody else. And I think, and what I want to say to kind of preface this is before you've had six or seven beers or you're like saying, I love you, man, because you've, you're drunk, you know, I'm talking about completely sober conversation about something. And I think honestly, us three in this room, we have them all the time because we share similar interests with kids and we have, wives and there's and we do this podcast and we do this podcast but <laughs> yeah. what I, and i'm not talking about that, right, that goes right. back into the topic uh situation but what i'm talking about is you know we we have these things that get on our nerves or make us sad or make us angry or you know we talk about those things right yeah we and and we keep we put walls up like we were talking about earlier i mean i think everybody puts up walls and there's certain things that we probably think are taboo to talk about that if you really think about it, it's kind of silly. Um, Cause I mean, you know, that's what friends are for, right? You should be able to discuss those things, yeah. but it's, it's probably been a while. It's probably been a death or it's probably been a, a, a hot minute since I talked about something emotional, just completely sober, just, you know, letting something out. See, I feel like does talking about like your relationship or your marriage or anything like that. Cause I feel like we, t- I talk about that with, all of our friends that are married a lot, right. you know, and we have friends that are getting ready to have a kid. Well, that they have a kid now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, I talked to them, talked to them about that. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it is tough because generally nowadays when I go out and see people, it's generally at a bar sometimes or sure. somewhere. So they were always having like a cocktail or a beer or something. So Social like gathering. Yeah. What have you been up to? You know, what what's the Predators record right now? Who's playing well? And you just kind of get through all of that. Yeah. And there's nothing left at the end of that. Um, or you just circle back around. But you really don't get like I said, on an emotional level, unless you're hanging out at somebody's house and it's just you and them because then you're in a kind of a, I hate to use this word because I hate this word, but safe place to where there's not a group of people judging you. It's just you and one other person. Um, Well, yeah. And you can have a more of a uninterrupted conversation that way. Right. Sure. But it's healthy. I mean, I I, honestly think, you know, that, that should happen more and maybe it does help us transition but the way i'm saying is you know what i was saying it was generational and we're you know moving through this 
And it's going to take time. It's going to take generation, generation, generation. Now it's on us as parents. And it is 100% on us to influence our children who, uh, for those of you who have never listened to the podcast, are five, uh, two, nine, and one. Yeah. So, I mean, we, this is our time. This is our time because once they get to a certain age, we have no more control You're and right. at that point it is authoritarian and, <laughs> and You're, aggression. You're absolutely right. I have to be a good example of what a man is or what I think a good man is for my daughter to recognize so that when she gets old enough and decides to to date I she may date guys, I, I guess. But I mean, I need her to know what a good man is. And and I have to be the example for sure. that. Because you want her to date someone who who you completely respect and right. you look at as a you know a role model you know even for your daughter. Right. Let me ask you this: this Were you that guy? No. <laughs> no. No. I, and you know I wasn't. I mean I wasn't always the best guy. So no, I, I've 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 I clearly have faults. But at least you understand that. At least you can Very talk openly so. about that. You know, you're not bottling that up and saying, oh. be like me, because it needs to be like me. If you don't do it like this, and I'm guilty of that on a daily basis. Sure. And I know that I think everybody in this world does it wrong. And I am the only one that do, does it right. And there that, are a lot of people right. who think this about me. And I know that I am self-aware that I think everybody else is doing it wrong. And I hate that about myself, but... I'm going to try to, you know, I don't yeah. know, instill that into my children to be like, I am wrong. You can't say why, or you can question what I'm doing, even though a lot of times I don't want you to question me. Well, sure. Because yeah, I know what I'm doing. And that, again, is bottling things up, closing it off, not fully explaining um, why my arguments are so strong. <laughs> Well, I think that's I think that's pretty much everything I had. I, I had asked my wife what she thought a man was, but I, I think we've pretty much she's she's in tune with what we've been talking about. So, so let me ask you this: Did you talk to her about how her relationship with what was with her father, and if she, that was a man or a role model in her life? Well, he, he is. He's a he's a very good man. He's a role model. He's a role model for me too. I mean, my my dad's a good role model for me. Um, but her her father is too, and I was actually I was talking to um, her brother, and I think he's a he's a good a good father figure, good man too. <clears throat> so he's he's clearly a, a result of that. So she's got a good she's got a good role model. So uh, I hope she saw something in me that is somewhat <laughs> resembling of that. So sure. <laughs> I know I need a little polish, but I'm I I, I know my fault, so I'm I work towards it. And that's one. Of, that's a big thing for our generation and the generations after us. Like we're able to recognize. Sure, we were raised one way, you know, and we were taught something for a long time. But we're able to see that maybe that wasn't the best thing, and you know, we're all able to adapt now. I feel like back in the day, it was just like rigid. Yeah, and it was just chalked up to like boys will be boys, or what men will be men, or whatever. You know, it was like almost just you, people got a pass for it more. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, that's. But it, now we're all we're all better about keeping each other in check. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think I've met. I think Juicebox and Dana have kept me in check on a lot of things since I've been introduced <laughs> to them, um, because I, you know, 
I did have all of these, I don't know, premonitions of what I thought things were supposed to be like or if what I thought was okay. Um, and the more people you meet and the more relationships you have, the more we can all keep each other in check as a cultural, you know, melting pot. Yeah, exactly. So I really appreciate that. Um, I do think that we need to get away from the, you know, lone wolf mentality of being a man. Like I can do it. Nobody can tell me nothing. Like can't all, nobody hold me down. Can't nobody. No, I don't like that one. I don't like Puff. It's Daddy, time to get but, away from P Diddy in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, but the whole I've got it. You know. You know. I don't need any help. It's my yeah. way or the highway. This whole idea. We just need to open ourselves up. And I'm a hundred percent guilty. And I'm gonna go down more self-reflection on this topic uh, even after this podcast is over because now I'm completely interested in it. So I would really encourage anybody out there um, to men and women to look up, you know, what it means to be a man in today's time because it, it is different and it is difficult to be honest with you Um, because you think that your generation before you had it easy maybe they thought it was difficult or maybe they had had it made. And because we are the first generation to be held accountable, we're trying to figure this out. Sure. So please be patient. And I swear I'm working on it and I know about it um, and I'm aware of it. Yeah. It just takes a little time. It does. But I encourage anybody out there to go, you know, look into it, look, look into masculinity. And it's it's a topic that you can, you know, seriously go down. And for women, too, who do you want your daughters to, you know, marry and what kind of traits and characteristics do they need to have Yeah. Um, for men? How do you raise your children? Um, both like the old boy has a daughter. I have me and Juicebox have sons. It's, you know. We've got to raise them to be the proper person. Because I remember my mom always, she instilled two things into me that carried on for a while. You never cheat on a girl and you never put your hands on a girl. And I've never done either of those things because I was scared to death of my mom. And that, <laughs> Hell yeah. it, that we, we, we talked about the paddle because <laughs> that is something like she had to do, you know? Right. Um, yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know why I just thought about this. One thing my my father instilled in me was to to be respectful to to my mom, to my to women, right? But that is something that was a transition piece back in the day is like in the 70s and 80s you don't you respect your mom. You know, oh, yeah. I'm going to go to bat for your mom. Exactly, I, yeah. Today that still rings true in me. If he's starting to yell at his mom, that ain't going to happen, uh-huh. yeah. you know. Shut it down. But is that a protective characteristic? No, I mean her. that's that's teaching respect. I yeah, think. that's just. I agree. I mean, I guess I it, in twofold is respect of women and respect of your elders. Right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't let my daughter talk to me that way either. I shut it down. I'm like, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's certain parts of raising children that we still have to stay. Yeah. With. There's, yeah. There's still things. Yeah. The respect things is big on my list. Sure. So. And don't lie. Don't lie. Don't steal. Take care of the little guy. Well, I mean, we've hope you've enjoyed, you know, kind of diving into masculinity a little bit this week and we've kind of enjoyed researching it. And that's something that 
I've learned recently that why I love doing this podcast is because I get the opportunity to research things. And we just want to kind of provide a preview to something that you could go out and and look at yourselves. Yeah, exactly. And that is the point of this podcast, because I want you to go further and deeper and have, you know, an excitement about looking into something just based on a couple of summary points that we make on this podcast. Right. Yeah, because we're not experts. We're learning about this shit just as you, like well, you guys are. Bucky's an expert. He's, if I've done it once. He's already done it once. Yeah. So. But, <laughs> but you're right. It's a, it's, a, it's a deep subject that you can do your own research on. I mean, there's a plethora of information. And like you were saying, TED Talks and stuff like that. I might check that TED Talk out. All right. Yeah, there's a couple of TED Talks on masculinity out there. Go search that. Um, but if you like the podcast, as always, go on uh, the socials and uh, like us. Uh, check out our Instagram stories at Raising Nashville Podcast. Um, if wherever you find your podcast, please go on there, subscribe, like, you know, rate us. Uh, it helps, and we love doing this every week. So we'll be back next week with an all all new episode. Yes, we will. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children, have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear.